Thanks, Dave. How about we just pray? Father God, I just thank you for this morning. Father, I pray that your word is of you today. Father, that it penetrates the very hearts of individuals. Lord God, intertwine my words with your spirit, Father. Let your word resonate today in people's lives, that it will bring transformation by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Grab a seat. Well, life is good. How, how good is it being part of a church that's alive? I was just looking over the next six months. We've got six months planned already. Do you realise that, church? Uh, we've got some phenomenal things taking place. We've got the Easter. Easter is going to be awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Easter is going to be phenomenal, especially Easter, Good Friday, which is great, uh, but also Sunday. Uh, but then I was looking further ahead, and, and, and we've got some great speakers that are coming as well. Uh, we've got Tim Hughes coming. The week after, he's a guy that used to be part of the church. You know, he lives over in Cambodia, if some of you don't know who he is. No, just joking. But he's a great member of our church. Him and his family moved to Cambodia to run our She Rescue home uh, just on almost a year ago now. Um, so he's going to come back. He's going to be sharing the word uh, that night. But then also, too, I, I've managed. I, I don't know how I've done it or how we've done it. I think it's the hand of God. But at the end of June, we've actually got our senior pastor, Mark Ramsey, coming to speak in a night service here. And we're going to do a night worship. We're going to join um, the rest of the city points on the north side together for that night. And then in the morning, I've managed to get our, our president of our whole movement, where we have over 30,000 people in our movement, he's coming to speak the Sunday morning. So I've called it just a super Sunday where God's hand is upon it. And only God could align that. And so I'm thank you, Jesus. So we've got that. And then we've got another great friend um, coming in a month later is uh, Sean W. Smith. It's not Michael W. Smith. It's Sean W. Smith. And so he's a great friend of ours. He's uh, in Influencers Church. And he runs, and he just really travels the world, um, just singing and dancing for kids. Uh, so he's great. So it's going to be awesome. But this morning, uh, I thought we'd touch on, we'd keep uh, moving along with our theme, Stronger. Um, it's, a, it's about us. It's about how we become stronger in God. And, and I was thinking about this thing today that I'm going to speak on, this, this topic, and I've realised this, is in this topic, it's something that a lot of people do. Is that if you look through society, the Jews do it, Muslims do it, Hindus do it, Buddhists do it, pagans do it, heathens do it, and also Christians. You know, everyone at some time in their life does it. You know, if you're a non-Christian, sometimes it's a matter of life or death and you cry out this prayer, help. Who knows that? Yeah. I look through society, there is a lot of people that do it. It is prayer. We all do it at some stage in our life. I know within my life, I know there are some decisions that I make that are stupid. Who ever makes stupid decisions? Okay. 50% of us, the rest of you are perfect. But you know that moment that you decide this would be a great idea and then all of a sudden you've got to cry out to God, God, you've got to help me right now. You know, I do it all the time with my kids. They come and they ask me to do something. I'm like, yeah, you go do it. And then I see what they're doing. I'm like, God, you need to help me on this. This is not going to end well. And then Caroline's like, why would you let them do it? <laughs> they're kids. They can jump off the roof. It's safe. I did it. I survived. But no, you know, those things that you, you know, as a dad, you're like, wow, that's awesome. As a mum, you're like, ah. And then all of a sudden, you're halfway through it. You're like, God, you need to come through right now. If I'm going to see tomorrow. 
You know, prayer is a desire of man's heart to connect with the divine. That's what it is. Prayer is the desire of man's heart to connect with the divine, to find comfort, access and results. A Christian, it's our connection of intimacy with our Creator. As a Christian, it's our connection of intimacy with a Creator. And that's what separates our prayers from any other prayer. You know, that's what separates our prayers from any other religion as well. Is that for us, it's about an, an intimacy, an intimate connection with a Creator. If you look throughout every other religion, it's not about that. It's just about worshipping and it's about obeying. It's, about, it's like this transaction, this business transaction. But with us, it's, it's, this, it's this pulling. It's a God saying, hey, call me Abba Father. I am your Father. And so we look at these things as that prayer is the greatest common denominator among all the greatest biblical characters. Do you realise that? It is the greatest common denominator between all the great revivalists throughout history as well. Uh, I, I love Smith Wigglesworth. A great revivalist, a great healing evangelist. And he would say this, is that he couldn't go 15 minutes a day without some sort of prayer. He couldn't live without 15 minutes. He said every 15 minutes he would go, he would start to connect with his creator. Martin Luther said to be a Christian without prayer is, more, is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. You know, Moses practiced it. Abraham practiced it. You've got King David, Solomon, Daniel, Joseph, Esther, Deborah, Peter, James, and John also practice it. How much more do we need to practice? How much more do we need to put this in place? Even Jesus himself. There's a statement right there. Even Jesus Himself, They all had a dynamic and profound commitment to lives of prayer. You know, but you look at Jesus. Jesus gave us an actual pattern on how we should model our prayer. Do you realise that? He gave us a pattern, first half of the prayer, and, and you can recite it, you can go, you know, our Father who art in heaven. You, you could, a lot of us here could recite that prayer. But the first half of the prayer is totally occupied with God and his interests. Do you realise that? It's totally occupied with God and his interests. He said, hey, this is the pattern. This is, this is how you should pray in every prayer. Here, let me show you the pattern. And then only after that, we add our personal petitions. I find as Christians, some of us have got it wrong where we just keep asking God and we don't even acknowledge Him. It's all about me and my need and it's actually not about Him and just having an intimate relationship with Him. Is that for some of us here, we wonder why prayers go unanswered. And I believe this is that James actually gives us the answer to unanswered prayers. In James 4 verse 3, and Dinesh, you don't have this one. It says this, it says, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. I want to put this forward to you today. It's not our prayers that need adjusting when it comes for healing or when it comes for God to move in our lives. It's actually our faith. 
wrong motives. Faith, not prayer, that moves mountains. Prayer is the intimate relationship with God. Prayer is that moment where we come to know the heart of God. Prayer is that moment where we come to that place. In Matthew 6, verse 5 to 6, Jesus makes this statement. He says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simple and honestly as you can manage. I won't even go there, as you can manage. I'm just thinking of my kids. Just go to the quiet, secluded place and just be with God as you can manage. It'd be different for all of us. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. You'll begin to sense His grace. I look at this and Jesus says, hey, this is how you should do it. This is the pattern of prayer. But before you start the pattern of prayer, how about you pull away? How, How about you pull away? You know, Jesus, He pulled away from the crowd time and time again to be with His heavenly Father. You read it time and time again. Where was he found? By himself in solitude. Where was he found? By himself in prayer. What did he tell to the disciples? Hey, you stay there while I just go on ahead and pray. Right, okay, I'm going to spend time with my heavenly father. You just... How many of us actually pull away in our lives so that we can spend it with God? Our desire should be to pull away. A.W. Tozer says this, at the heart of a Christian message is God himself waiting for his redeemed children to push into a conscious awareness of his presence. God says, hey, come on, we need to pull away into a place where we can sit and just wait upon him to be consciously aware of his presence coming around our life. We need to be more careful because as Christians, sometimes we prefer our Christianity to be practical. You know, we we understand the thought of serving God, of being busy in His work, but the idea of longing for Him and wanting Him deeply is another thing. You know, personally, I find this hard. Like, if I'm going to spend time with God, I've got to be doing something. It's just my nature. I've always got to do something. If you're around my house, I don't really sit down for that long. I have to consciously get myself to sit on the couch. I have to consciously get myself to sit next to my wife and communicate with my wife. It has to be, it's an effort for me. Because I'm like, yeah, you know, we can talk, but how about we talk while I do the washing or while I vacuum the floor or while I'm doing something, let's be proactive at this time while we intimately connect. Who's like that? We've just got to be doing something. No other man in this place is like me. But but for me, I'm a doer. I always want to do something. Something has to be created with these hands. And all the men said, Amen. We're creators. We're built like our creator. We want to create. 
We want to do something. But there comes a time where we've just got to sit back. As, and for me, I've had to learn about just being in his presence. I've had to learn to just take a seat and just sit down. And just wait upon God. I've just had to learn to stop, breathe. Okay, God, here I am. Now speak. Just sit. And there are different stages in life that we go through. Sometimes, you know, and I do understand life is busy. Sometimes you don't have time to just sit. But how, how can you create that time? Where is that time best suited for you? Like, for me, it's in the morning at about five o'clock where the house is a bit quiet, only one kid is up out of the four. But if I don't move that much, he thinks I'm asleep. All the parents are like, yeah, we know, we understand. But if I don't move, it means that it can just be me and God. Is that I can start talking to God, I can't speak to God. God, show me these things, start to reveal things to me. I totally understand with Dave that at two o'clock you can have a revelation in the morning. Because when it comes to those things, and then through life, you find different areas where you can just pull away. You know, with all the responsibilities of life, both you and I need to yearn to experience more fellowship with God, with the living God. We need to yearn that. We need to have that desire within our heart. In the secluded place is where you find your greatest desires. Do you realise that? It's a place where you can just meet with God and start to dream again. It's a place where you can meet with God and actually connect with his heart. It's where we find his presence, his love and his care. Such loving protection and mercy is what we were created to enjoy. At the beginning, that's what we were created to enjoy. His presence, His care, His protection. I believe it's just like this. It's just like, as I alluded on, a marriage. It's just like a marriage. You know, just like a marriage is cultivated in intimacy, so too is our relationship with God. So too is our relationship with God. I believe this is that intimacy is the glue that holds marriage together. Intimacy is the glue that holds marriage together. You can't have a marriage without it. You can't raise a healthy family without intimacy between a husband and wife. You, you can't do it. Is that intimacy is what causes you to become one. That's what marriage is. It's man and a woman becoming one. Become one. I, and you know when you become one is that you know what the other person thinks. 
you know how they feel, you, you know their desires. And I'll be honest with you, this intimacy thing and becoming one in marriage takes time. It's been 14 years and I'm almost there. <laughs> I, I still get it wrong. I've just told her, stop giving me choices. Just give me one thing and then I'll go with it. And then I'll get it right every time. <laughs> but guys, you know it. As soon as you've done something wrong, your wife doesn't even have to say anything. You just know. You just look at the face. You see the eyes. You see the stand. There's the intimate relationship of not even having to talk. And I believe that's the same when we have an intimate relationship with God. You know, you can do things and you know the heart of God. And it just becomes easy. It becomes you know what he wants, you know what he doesn't want. You know how to act, you know how to be, you know how to... It becomes this thing where you're intimately in tune with your creator. Pulling away is a time that builds intimacy between you and God. Intimacy only comes when one prioritizes the secret place. Is that when we prioritize in prayer, we need to prioritize. We need to come to a place where we can just sit and be intimate with our God. Psalm 27, verse 8. I love this psalm. It says, when you said, and this is God speaking, when you said, seek my face, David says this, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Is that we pull away to the intimate place. We pull away to the secluded place. We, we pull away to that place. But there comes a, a time when we pull away is that we need to seek his face. Is that God desires for humanity to seek his face. He desires for each and every one of us to crave Him. To seek means to crave, to go after, with all our strength, with all our heart. It's to sacrifice. God desires for you and I, for humanity, to actually seek His face. He's like, yeah, pull away. But in that pulling away, don't come and just ask Him for things. Actually seek His face. Actually seek the connection with Him. You know, there's a lot of people that seem to be running around and, and let, let's face it, there are a lot of people that do run around seeking the hand of God. You hear those people, they'll, they'll go from, you know, evangelist to evangelist, from healing event to, and, and then they're really just seeking the demonstration of God's power. They're seeking the hand of God, they seek, but God calls us to seek His face. You know, they, they run around seeking the hand of God, His power, His works, His miracles, His manifestation, which can be great. But really, if you're not careful, you miss God Himself. I know people that have been healed, miraculously healed by God, but don't have a relationship with God. You would think, if God came through for you, and a miracle took place that is unexplainable, that only God could be part of, that you would follow God. True? But how dumb is humanity? How forgetful are we? 
I look at the Israelites. They were led out of Israel. Uh, they were led out of Egypt. They saw the hand of God. They saw the power of God. They saw what God could do, but yet, but yet they didn't reach the promised land. But yet they missed out on the promises of God. I love what Daniel Henderson says. He says, if you seek God's hand, you will miss his face. If you seek his face, you will get his hand also. You'll get his hand also. It is by God's hand that his power is demonstrated. It is by his his face, his love for us is revealed. His love for us is revealed. His love that pours out. As much as we desire connection with God, God desires connection with us. As much as we we desire and humanity desires a connection with a divine, so too does God desire connection with us. David had a longing for the presence of God. He yearned intensely for God himself that he might enjoy his presence and his beauty. David's heart was always to connect with God. David's heart, before anything else, was to pull away to that place where him and God could just be intimately. For each and every one of us, we we need to pull away. Our heart needs to yearn. We need to desire to be intimate with our God. This is what prayer is. Prayer is being intimate with God. Not a checklist, but an intimate relationship. That's what separates us. From any other religion is that it's not just about God, a king, but it's about a father. It's about connecting. It's about relationship. It's about communicating with a God. He yearned in Psalm 63 verse 1. He puts it this way. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land, where there is no water. What he's saying is, God, right now, I will seek you. First thing in the morning, you're on my thoughts. First thing in the morning, I want to connect with you. First thing, right now, here I am, God. Here I am. This is my desire. I will seek you. My soul, come on, God. I need connection with you. God, I am dry. I need your spirit to fill me. Lord God, I need you right now to come and fill this thirst that I have for a connection with you. How many times have you prayed for stuff and you've walked away and you're dry? I believe this. It's because you've gone with the wrong motive. The only motive we need to do is go with connection. With God, here I am. David enjoyed the dwelling upon the majestic and the greatness of the holiness and goodness of God. But he did more than just contemplate. For some of us, we just sit there and we start praying and we contemplate upon God's greatness, upon his goodness. But there's more than just contemplating. Is that we need to seek after him. David sought after God. He sought after God. He sought after God. 
we pull away. And in pulling away, we seek after him. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 to 19. It says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. I was reading that this morning, the scripture. And I was looking and it says, pray without ceasing. Commune with God. So I did get it right. I can be a doer and communicate with God. But we still need to pull away. Pray without ceasing. In everything. Some translation says in every circumstance. In every situation. Give thanks. For some of us, we're like, I don't feel like pulling away. And when we do pull away, Lord God, my circumstances are so big. He's saying, just give thanks. Just give thanks. Just praise my holy name. We need to come to him and say, God, Father, here I am. Lord God, I just praise you this morning. Lord God, you are wonderful. Lord God, you are the King of Kings. And Lord, I just want to praise you today. I just want to come into this place and I just want to thank you for what you're doing around my family. I want to thank you for what you're doing in my marriage. I want to thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in my extended family. Lord God, in our friends and and, and how they're going. Lord God, I just want to pray a blessing over them right now. Lord God, over those ones right now that, you know, maybe their business isn't going well, but God, I thank you that your blessing will go upon them, will be upon them. Right now, God, over those loved ones that are hurting, that are sick, Father, I thank you that you are the King of Kings and I thank you, Father, that you have them in your hand right now and that you will bless them. There's a difference. Some of us just come to God and say, God, I just need healing right now. Come on, you need to come through and that's it. Instead of just saying, God, you are almighty. You are my Father. And as a Father takes care of their kids, you will take care of us. There's a difference. If any of my kids need anything, they just have to ask. If anyone has done them any wrong, who's going to step in? I heard a story this week, Carolina was just telling me of, a, of another pastor that he had one of his young ones and they had an ice cream. And there was someone that was like, you know, teasing, poking. And she dropped her ice cream. And this 10-year-old started teasing this 4-year-old, just started poking fun. Hey, you lost your ice cream. And he saw it. He's like, wow. And he goes and gets her and says, hey, come with me. And they go back into the shop. A couple of minutes later, she walks out and She's got three scoops, not one. So the 10-year-old kid, look what my dad did. I was thinking the same way. That's God's heart to us. 
no matter the circumstance, no matter what someone is doing to you right now and, and your, your ice cream might have fallen on the ground. That situation or that pert might have been poking fun at you. But what your dad will do is he'll pick you up, he'll take you into the ice cream, he'll walk you back out with three scoops. With abundance, with blessing. And this is the thing, is that that's what God wants to do. If we come with a heart of saying, you are my father, you are who I am, the relationship is so strong that he'll never want to let you down. Never. And the last bit, it says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus is the relationship part. Is that his will is, is that we would spend time in prayer. His will is that we will get to know His heart, get to know what it's for. His will is to connect with you and I so that we can walk out this life with Him. But then 19 caught me this morning as I was looking. It says, do not quench the Spirit. And the Spirit is where a Christian gets their power from. Jesus said, I must go so that a helper may come. And that helper is the Spirit of God. And for some of us are not walking in power because we haven't got the first part right. We haven't got the relationship right. We wonder why when people pray with faith in their hearts and they see healing, they see miracles, is because they've got the first part right. Smith Wigglesworth, he had the first part right so that the spirit would never be quenched. Does God have favourites? Sometimes I look at other people and I think, he's got favourites. But I don't think it's about favourites. I just think it's about ones that have spent time with him. Is that everything is open for all of us. But it's whether we're willing to pull away When we pull away and we seek his face, we find his will. A time of intimacy, just wanting to know God, comes purpose. To know his heart is to know his will. Jesus, he pulled away. He pulled away in the garden to pray. And probably one of the most famous prayers as Christians that we know is that he said to God, hey, not my will, but your will be done. Father God, right now, not not my will, but your will be done. What you've put upon me right now, God, I accept and I'm going to walk in it so that your will will be fulfilled. And this is what I find is that when we're in relationship with God, the only thing we will desire will not be our own selfish ambitions, but will be God's will, God's ambitions, God's desires. We'll have His will for a heart for humanity, for the rich, for the poor, for the hurting and downcast, for the young, for the old. His heart beats for you and me. 
for a relationship. And this is what I find. Is that sometimes we can look around and we wonder why God, ooh, why would you choose them? But he chose you. He chose me. Because I've realized this, only God can look past a sinner and see a saint. And when we're with God, we start to see humanity as he sees them. Redeemed, set free, delivered, victorious. When you have the heart of God, you see as God sees. You see as God sees. Today, will you pull away? Will you seek his face and find his will? Father God, I thank you that we have an amazing church. Lord God, ones that that have a desire to be intimate with you, that that want to know you. Lord God, that we'll seek your face and out of seeking your face, Father, will fulfill your will for their life. Today, Spirit of God, I pray for each and every one of us, come and move, come and give us a desire, draw us by your Spirit for a longing relationship with you. Lord God, as we come into that place and we spend it with you, Father. Lord God, that we will grow stronger in who you've called us to be. Lord God, that we'll fulfill everything that you've called us to fulfill. And Lord God, that we won't quench the Spirit. We will not quench the Spirit of God that is in our life. We just pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Just right now, if I want to ask a question. And I don't know everyone in this room. But my question is this, is do you have an intimate relationship with God? And if you can answer that question and say yes, I want to say congratulations. It's the best relationship you could ever have. If you're here this morning and you're like, I don't have that relationship. I actually don't have that relationship with God. I've never had a relationship with God or I've had a relationship with God, but it hasn't been intimate. Today, I would love to pray with you. Pray that God would restore an intimate relationship. Pray that, God, that you would have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Revelation 3 verse 20, it says this, about God. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. Today, God's desire is that he would dine with you. Is that he would be with you. And right now, I want to know who wants to be included in this prayer. I want to pray for you that you would have an intimate relationship with God, that you will call him Father, that you will call him Saviour. And today, I just like to ask for every head to be bowed, eyes closed. And while no one's looking around, if you want to be included in this prayer, I'd love for you just to raise your hand just quickly. Just as I look across, yeah, up the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ma'am. Yep. Does anyone else want to join? Yep. Thank you. I 
see that. Does anyone else want to join? There's probably about eight people that raised their hands this morning. Does anyone want else want to join? Lord God, Father, you see their hearts. Lord, as they raise their hands this morning, Father, to have an intimate relationship with you. And Lord God, right now, as they believe upon Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, the only way to you, Father. Lord God, as they believe upon Jesus, is that you said that you would walk in. You said that you would walk with them. You said that you would be their God. And Lord God, as they acknowledge you today, Lord, I just thank you that you will come and dine with them. You will come and be intimate with them. That right now that they'll walk in your will, walk in your desires. And today, Father, I pray that you send your Holy Spirit as a guarantee around their life for the start of the journey. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give them a hand.